with me to Romans the eighth chapter, Romans chapter eight, and we'll begin in verse number five. Romans chapter eight and uh, verse number five. I have so many good things to share with you this morning, and um, I already know before I get started that I'm not going to have time to get it all in, but I've asked the Lord to help us, and you get in faith with me about it, and and um, He's going to show us exactly what we need to look at and exactly what it is that we need to cover this morning, and He's going to reveal some truth to us. I'm not your teacher. The Holy Spirit's our teacher. Jesus said He would lead us and guide us into all truth. Amen. So if I'm here to do anything this morning, I'm here to simply uh, be the servant leader and to facilitate this and to share with you what I believe the Holy Spirit would have me to say. But again, He's going to take it and, and make it yours and, and, and lead you and reveal things to you and speak to you on an individual basis. Amen. Now, let me say one other thing before we get started. If you're uh, listening to this later uh, through the internet, um, through the podcast, um, we're going to uh, do uh, an illustration. We're going to show an example uh, for some things here in just a moment. So you may want to um, swap over to the video sermon instead of the audio because obviously uh, the example we're going to use is probably not going to translate very well to just audio recording only. Amen. All right. So, and by the way, um, anybody been speaking to Dorian? Amen. Amen. Have you noticed Dorian has taken a hard right turn and, um, and the Category 5 threat that it, that it was to large portions of the United States, um, that has, has eased up. Don't you ease up. You keep praying and speaking to that thing and uh, believe in Father. Amen for it too. Uh, not harm or cause loss of life or, or, or any of those things. Praise God. All right, Romans chapter 8 and um, verse number 5. It says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, what begins in, really we could say chapter one of the book of Romans, I'm not going to try to preach the whole book of Romans this morning, but there, there, is, there is a systematic unfolding of truth for us in the book of Romans. Um, I heard Timothy Keller use this example. If you go to buy a diamond, before the jeweler shows you the diamond, he'll put a black velvet cloth on top of the display case and then put the diamond on the black velvet cloth so that the background causes that diamond to really pop and shine. And so the first almost three chapters of Romans is fathered by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul putting that black velvet cloth down. In other words, He's explaining to us just how bad it was and, and just how serious our problems uh, were. Um, but then Jesus comes, right? And we see the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness in chapter 1. But then chapter 3, amen, um, righteousness by faith is revealed by heaven through Jesus Christ. Amen. So the black velvet cloth um, is put in place first so that this jewel of our salvation um, can, can really shine in all of its brilliance and that we can be so thankful and appreciative for what it is we've been rescued from and exactly this wonderful gift that we've been given. Now from there, um, 
the Holy Spirit, again, through the Apostle Paul, begins to explain to us um, how we are to uh, operate now uh, as born-again believers. And Romans 5 talks about, you know, what's been done for us, what's been given to us, that we've been justified um, by the blood of Jesus. And that literally means just as if I'd never sinned. And then in chapter 6, he talks about how we've been raised up together with Jesus to newness of life. Then we see towards the end of chapter 6, he begins to build upon these rows of truth, these layers of truth. Think, think rows of brick being laid line upon line, one row upon another. And then he comes to the row where he says these words. Therefore, reckon yourselves to be resurrected with Christ, right? Now, I'm not making that up, and that's not my Southern English. The Bible literally says to reckon yourself to be resurrected with Christ because he just got through explaining that we were buried with him and that we've been raised up together with him to newness of life. This is what happened to us when we were born again. The old man that we were was buried and we were raised up to a new life, became, becoming a new creation in Christ Jesus through the salvation experience, all right? Now, but that key word right there, reckon, reckon, reckon yourself to be resurrected. He's saying, what does that word reckon means? It means to think of yourself in a new light, to see yourself as one who's been raised up with Christ, to think of yourself as one who has been forgiven of their sins, who's not just been forgiven of your sins, but has, have your, has had your sins completely removed from you. He said, begin to think of yourself as that old man having died and you being raised up together with Christ to newness of life with Him, that you've been given a new life and you now have new life in Christ Jesus. Now, think about it for a moment. At what point or at what part of your multidimensional being does reckoning take place in? It takes place in your mind. You reckon with your mind. Reckon is about thinking. Reckon is about reasoning. Reckon is about processing information. So when he says to reckon yourself to have been resurrected with Christ, he, he clearly states in that chapter that you have been there are a lot of people who have been raised up together with Christ in newness of life, but they still reckon themselves to be the old man they once were instead of this new creation they've now become. And this is why many people still live like the old person they once were instead of the new creation they now are. So this word reckon, Paul is going to expound on that in greater detail in Romans chapter 12, where he's going to tell us to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing or the reconditioning of the mind. Now, you were created in the image and likeness of God. And we know that God is a triune being. Tri meaning three, U-N-E, un meaning one. Triune being. God is a trinity. God is three persons. One God, three persons. One God, three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. 
We can only get close to understanding it by using physical examples. For instance, um, H2O is water, but H2O can also be a solid ice. It can be liquid or what we think of as water, or it can be vapor, steam. Now, at the heart of it, ice, liquid, and vapor are all H2O, but there's different forms of H2O, and there's different functions. So God is, God the Father is God, Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit is God, they're all God. One God. They're not three gods working together, they're one God in three persons. Amen. Different forms, different functions of the same thing. Now that's as close in, as I've ever been able to take anybody just with natural reasoning. You'll come to the end of that and then you just have to understand it by faith because it's something higher than human intellect can process. But here is the amazing thing. This God who is one yet three created you and me in His image and His likeness. Meaning what? We were created to look like He looks and to function the way He functions. So I'm offering to you this morning the truth from the Scriptures that you are a three yet one being as well. You are one man in three persons. You are a spirit. You are a spirit that possesses a soul that is clothed in a physical body. You are spirit. You are soul. You are body. Three yet one. You are a three-dimensional being existing as one entity. Are you with me? This is really, really important to understand. Now, I really felt impressed by the Holy Spirit to set aside what I had prepared to talk about this morning to do this first. Because, first of all, it's been a little while since we've done it here with, you know, as we do this in classes and stuff quite frequently, but as far as just on a Sunday morning with everybody here, amen, it's been a while since we've done this. And for some, it's the first time you've heard anything like this. For others, it's, it's, it's not being planted, it's being watered. In other words, you're, you've heard it before, you know some things about this, and so now we're going to build on the understanding that you already have. Do me a favor, though. Don't just like veg out on me or go somewhere else in your mind, amen, because you think you already know about this. Because this is really, really important. Um, again, all because I think it's going to help us better understand these verses in Romans chapter 8, right? So you are a three-dimensional being. You are a spirit. You possess something called a soul. Your soul is the part of you that, um, that would, would be the part that thinks, the part that feels, and the part that makes decisions, choices. Or simply, or more simplified, the part of you that is your mind, your emotions, and your will. That's your soul. Your soul is your mind, emotions, and will. Your soul is your, is your mind, emotions, and will. So you are a spirit. When you were born again, it was your spirit that was born again. That was the part of you that became completely new. It was born from above, it was born of God's Spirit, and it was born of God's seed, capital S, born of Jesus. Amen. And seed reproduce after their kind. This is why the Bible says before you were born again, you um, were uh, 
sons of disobedience and by nature children, offspring of wrath, of eternal judgment. But now that we have been born again, 2 Peter tells us what? That we have become a partaker of the divine nature of God. Seed determines nature because we were born of God's seed. We have become a partaker of His nature. Amen. That's what's true about your born again spirit. But you are not just a spirit. The real you is a spirit. But again, you have this part called your soul. Your soul again is your mind, emotions, and will. So you are a spirit, you possess a soul, and all of that is clothed. Amen. See, my sleeve of my suit coat is moving around right now. It's because my arm is in it, and my arm is moving it. Amen. When I go home this afternoon and take this coat off and lay it down, this arm of this suit coat will not move any longer because the life that's in it has been taken out of it. Amen. This is why the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for those, again, who've been born again. Think of a hand slipping into a glove, and then when, when a born-again believer dies, think of that hand slipping out of that glove. Amen. Are you with me? When someone who's born again, for that matter, someone who's not born again, when someone, when someone dies, they do not cease to exist. It's their spirit and soul slip out of their earth suit or their physical body. Amen. Are you with me still? Praise God. Now, what we see in this very brief overview that I'm trying to give you to orient you to chapter 8, verse 5, what we see in Romans 7, so 6 is where he says, you've, you've got to reckon yourself to be resurrected with Christ. You've got to reckon yourself to, to have received newness of life. You've got to reckon yourself to have been justified with God. You've got to have reckoned yourself to have been made just as right before God in the eyes of God, to be made righteous, right? Those who received an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will rule and reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. Amen. That's what he says in chapter 5. Now, think with me. It may be obvious, but think with me for a moment. The reason he's telling us to reckon ourselves to be resurrected, to reckon ourselves to be made right before God in the eyes of God, to reckon ourselves to have received newness of life is because on the surface it may not be obvious. In other words, if it was clear, if it, if it, if it was a no-brainer, we wouldn't have to put brain work into it. We wouldn't have to reckon ourselves. He's saying you've got to consider yourself and for all of these things that he's now explaining to you, you've got to consider yourself for these things to be true about you. Amen. Or as he goes on to say in chapter 8, you've got to set your mind on these things. Now in chapter 7 he deals with this dilemma. If we have been made new creatures, if we've been made right before God in the eyes of God, if we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, if we are now those who rule and reign in life through the one Christ Jesus, why are we still struggling with these different areas in life? For instance, he says, I left out this whole important part, you've been made free from sin, right? So he's saying, if I've been made free from sin, why do I still struggle with it? If I've been made free from sin, why, why am I still attracted to it? If I've been made free from sin and it no longer rules over me, why does it seem like it still does? Right? Because it's, come on now, don't look all holy at me like that. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Amen. 
You telling me I'm the only person in here that still struggles with the things of the flesh? I don't think so. Amen. All right? So notice now, what is obvious? What is obvious is that we still struggle. What is obvious is that there are still things that, that, that uh, uh, you know, tend to try to dominate us. What is still obvious is we still are dealing with, with things like fear and depression and, and anxiety and worries. Are you following me? Unforgiveness, strife. Or is these, that's pretty clear. Again, this is why he's saying that you have to reckon yourself to be resurrected. You have to think of yourself as Father God says you are instead of thinking of yourself as what seems to be clear and obvious and, 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 and point to a greater uh, or more powerful reality, the things of the flesh. Are you following me now? I know I'm going fast, but I'm trying to get to, to a certain point. I think he really captures it when he says this. Paul says, you know, why do I still want to do the things that I know I shouldn't do? And why do I still struggle with following through on the good I know I should do? Amen? When that should come easy for me. That, that, if, I've been a, if I've become a partaker of the divine nature of God, then it should be easy for me to do good and easy for me to resist evil, but it seems like it's just the opposite. Why is that the case? Then he talks about the law of sin and death, and he talks about the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and then he brings us, the Holy Spirit brings us to this verse right here. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Notice, those who live according to the Spirit do what? They set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Amen. Is this making sense to you so far? All right. Praise God. Let's do this. And um, Michael, you mind helping me out? All right. Michael, would you just come and, and just stand right here? Praise God. Uh, Bubba, would you mind helping me? Is it okay? Am I embarrassing you, brother? I don't want to embarrass you. Oris, would you mind helping me, please? All right. Amen. Would you just stand right here? Praise God. Amen. And now, Oris, if you'll just stand right here, my brother. Praise God. All right. Give them a hand already. They, aren't they doing a great job? Okay. All right. Now. Obviously, you look up here counting me, you see four men, but pretend like I'm just the unseen narrator, all right? Looking up here, you're actually seeing three individual, very handsome gentlemen, I might add, all right? Okay? Um, but instead, I want you to think of them as one being. Not, not three beings, but, but three different dimensions of one being, okay? So Brother Oris here is going to, he's spirit man, all right? This is, he's representing your spirit, all right? Now Bubba's going to, he's representing your soul. This is, again, remember what your soul is. It is your mind, it is your emotions, and it is your choices, or the part of you that thinks, feels, and chooses, all right? And Michael is representing the part of you the Bible calls your flesh or your body, okay? Now, just for the record, I'm not trying to impress you. I'm just trying to show you. In the, in the Greek, this guy is pneuma. This guy is suche or psyche. And this guy is soma or sarx. Okay? All right? In other words, flesh, soul, spirit. Are you with me? All right? So, there are, do you mind just stepping a little closer to Bubba here? All right, there we go. Yeah, it's kind of, I like, you know, cabinet man like things being even. There we go. All right, yeah, all right, there we go. All right, okay, now. So, before 
Um, all right, so I, let's just do it this way. I'll, I'll make it simple. This is me. All right, this is me. This is Oris is Oris is representing my spirit. Bubba's representing my soul, and Michael's representing my flesh. Man, I wish I had shoulders. Anyway, never mind. Never mind. All right, praise God. All right, so this is me right here. All right, now before I was born again, don't let this throw you. Please follow me closely. Before I was born again, my spirit didn't look anything like this. Okay. Before I was born again, the spirit that was in me was actually dead. It was dead. And because it was dead, right, the only life that was in me was biological life. Are you with me still? Was biological life. Now, oh, sweet Jesus, amen. I told the Lord standing right down there, I said, Father, there are hours worth of teaching here. We don't have time for all this, so please show me exactly what I need to say, all right? Jesus said to a group of people, he said, I've come to give you life. Well, these people were alive. It's like, Jesus, they're alive. What are you telling them? All right, so watch very carefully. Those people only had bios, biological existence. Jesus said to people who are biologically alive, I've come to give you Zoe. I've come to give you the life and nature of God. That was what they didn't have because they were spiritually dead. Now remember very carefully, please listen very carefully to this. Death probably doesn't mean what you think it means. Death means separation. And there are two kinds of death. There is a spiritual death, which means a person's spirit is separated from God who is a spirit. That's spiritual death. Physical death, physical death is when spirit and soul separate from the physical body okay so so thank you guys yes y'all helping me already beautiful all right now they just tried to kill me don't kill me yet all right please all right now I'm just kidding so <laughs> all right so before I was born again this is my born-again spirit right here this isn't just Numa this is Numa Zoe okay all right but before I was born again this wasn't even me See, when I was born again, God didn't take my dead spirit and refurbish it. This isn't second-hand spirit here. He took that old person that I was, buried it with Jesus, and when I was raised up together with him, he put a new spirit in me. He made me a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, if you knew me before and you knew me after, you may say, wow, you look the same. If I look in the mirror, I might say, you know, I look the same, but I do have a little bigger smile on my face right now. And I feel like the weight of the world's lifted off my shoulders. Because listen to me, my flesh wasn't born again. That was the confusion of Nicodemus, remember? He said, how can a man when he's full grown go back to his mother's womb and be born a second time? And Jesus said, listen to me, Nicodemus, what's born of the flesh is flesh, but what's born of the spirit is spirit. Amen. And so it was my spirit that became a new creation. This part of me has become every bit new. This part was not born again. This part was changed, but not born again. It was more like you could say set free. This part was not born again either. All right? Now, I want to show you very carefully. This, this is the part. We're getting to where I really feel like we need to be this morning. All right? So before I was born again, remember, this part of me was dead. 
Okay? So this part of me, you stay right there. This part, you can just you keep facing forward. You, okay. You're right. All right. This part of me was focused solely upon my flesh. My mind, my emotions, and my will clung to my flesh because this was the only life I had. If my flesh said something like, I'll die if I don't get another drink, my soul is saying, don't kill us, dude. I'll try to help you. Right? See, the Bible says we were enemies of God, not just in our flesh, but in our flesh and our minds. Because our minds became willing accomplices to our flesh. Our flesh was large and in charge. Because again, he held all the cards because he held all the life. All, I, all the life I had was bios. I had no zoe. I was at the mercy of my flesh. And my mind, emotions, and will became a willing accomplice in trying to help my flesh get whatever it wanted to have. Right? Are you following me now? So, thank God, I, I heard the gospel message. I become a born-again man. And at this point, the chain that existed between my soul and my flesh, Jesus severed that. All right? So now, this turns my soul free. My mind is free now. My emotions are free now. Now, the way the devil works is he, he tells me I'm not. Right? Because, again, I become conditioned to think according to my flesh. That's, that's all I've known, right? I've, I've just known thinking like my flesh thinks, getting what my flesh wants, trying to keep my flesh happy, right? Because he held all the cards. But when Jesus came, right, he didn't just raise this guy from the dead. He buried the old one and put this new guy in me now. Are you with me? All right, praise God. Dad, will you help me? Amen. Doesn't he just look like the Holy Spirit? Come on, Dad. Praise God. All right. Amen. Amen. You come over here. Now, there's no way to accurately just put your hand around Oris right here. See? All right, there you go. All right. See, now, when I got born again, my new, my new spirit and God's Holy Spirit became one spirit. One spirit. Now, guess, guess what? The Holy Spirit has everything that God has. Right? He's got it all. And I've been given it all. Except for the Bible says that when I was born again, I received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that I might know the things that have been freely given to me by God. The Holy, listen, if you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got God. And if you've got God, you've got everything He is and everything He has. That's why His kingdom is in me now. The Holy Spirit is pouring out the love of God in my spirit now so that I can love you with the same love that Jesus loved me with because the Holy Spirit has taken the love of God and He's poured it out in my heart. Amen. He's got it all. He's got the love. He's got the joy. He's got the peace. He's got the self-control. He's got the endurance. He's got the wisdom. He's got the goods. He's got the goodies. He's got the gifts. He's, are you following what I'm saying? He's got it all. And I am His and He is mine. I become one with Him. I become one with Him. All right, don't say, wait, say, wait, say, wait, 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 wait. You're getting ahead of me now. You're getting ahead of me now. Amen. 
All right. Now, where's the devil in all of this? Okay. Well, he's somewhere on the outside, right? He's somewhere on the outside, and he's doing something like this. Hey, over here. Forget about me. Over here. Hey, hey, look at her. Right? Hey, hey. Where's your phone? Right? What's, what's on that phone? What can you access on that phone? Right? Hey, over here, man. This feels good. Come on. I, oh, listen. I got, I got all kinds of everything that that Holy Spirit has. I got it used, and you don't even have to listen to God. Just come over here. Come with me. Right? This is what, this is what the enemy's doing. And then he's, then he's doing stuff like, hey, how are you going to pay that light bill? Hey, how, how, how are you going to put your kids through college? Hey, did you forget you're behind on your child support? Right? Hey, remember those legal charges? Hey, don't forget all those people you've hurt in life. You can't just pretend like that doesn't exist anymore, right? See, notice, he, he's out here, all those circumstances, all those situations, because what is he trying to do? He's trying to get me to keep on living like this right here. He's trying to get me to set my mind. This is my mind, right? He's trying to get me to set my mind on the things of the flesh. I wish I could tell you it wasn't true, but this is how most born-again believers live their lives, right here. Holy Spirit's right here, but our mind is still focused on the things of the flesh. Still focused, by, because it's focused on the things of the flesh, it's focused on the things of the world. And because it's focused on the things of the world, it's focused on the things of the enemy, because Jesus said the enemy is the ruler of the world that our flesh is focused on. And we'll never have God's best living our lives this way. Right? So what does he say? Turn back around for just a minute. All right? Now watch this. No offense, Michael, but what, what my flesh wants and what the Holy Spirit inside my born-again spirit wants are in conflict with one another. There, there, there's a tension here. My flesh is trying to pull me this way. And, and the Holy Spirit made one with my born-again spirits trying to pull me this way. Right? And so there's a tension. Here's the amazing thing about it. Are you ready? These two don't even speak the same language anymore. They don't, they don't even speak the same language anymore. All right? But here's the thing. All right? My soul learned flesh, how to speak flesh, right? From all those years I lived in the flesh. Are you with me? I'm not trying to, obviously Marcos studied very hard, went to language school, but he'll tell you he speaks fluent Spanish today because he lived in Honduras, right? He was immersed in it. He was surrounded by it. He learned the language. Are you following what I'm saying? So my, my, my mind, my soul, right, it, it speaks this guy's language, all right? But when I was born again, the Holy Spirit gave me something called the mind of Christ. Amen. Which means now, not only do I speak flesh ease, okay, I speak spirit too. I, I know both languages. See, that's why I can pray in the spirit now. Because I know the language of the spirit. Amen. I may not know it in my brain, but I know it 
inside of me, right? It's, it doesn't come out of my brain anyway. Okay, see, I'm, I'm digressing now. Let me just, let me focus, right? So now, now I know some people are going to, the Bible says that if we set our minds, well, let me, let me, let me, let's back up. So Galatians is where he tells us that the flesh and the spirit are contrary to one another. Praise the name of the living God. All right, I just looked at my watch. I shouldn't have done that. All right, amen. Are you good for a few minutes? All right. They're contrary to one another. There's, there's a tension here, okay? All right? And, but here's, here's the thing, all right? Let's go back. All this to get to Romans 8 and 5. If I set my mind on the things of the flesh, the Bible says I'm going to live according to this guy right here. Okay? And that, and that if I set my mind on the things of the flesh, I'm going to follow after the things of the flesh. Okay? Now, I know, again, it may be hard for you guys to understand, but watch what happens now. When, he, when my mind, my soul, mind, emotions, will is set on this guy right here, come on, we're all going this way. <laughs> we're all going this way. Holy Spirit's not leaving. Come on, this way. All going this way. Holy Spirit's not leaving. This is what grieving the Holy Spirit looks like. Paul said, when you go down to that temple and sleep with them harlots, do you realize you're joining the Holy Spirit to a prostitute? Right? You see what's happened here, okay? But, but, if I set my mind on the things of the Spirit, right? Now which way are we going? Holy Spirit's fixing to lead us this way, right? And notice what's happening to the flesh now. He's long for the ride. So here's the last verse. If you set your mind on the things of the Spirit, you will follow after the Spirit. And if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I'll not fulfill them. Amen. Amen. So do you see how important your mindset is? If you set your mind this way, you're going that way. And that way leads to death. But if you set your mind this way, to be spiritually minded, right, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, this is what spiritually minded looks like. Set my mind on the things. Now watch this. You just keep focused right there, okay? And y'all kind of just keep easing that way. Remember where that devil was way over here? <laughs> hey, what about your child support? <laughs> hey, what about... What, notice, notice they just... What are we doing? We're leaving the devil in the dust. You say, Pastor Mark, you can't do that. Yes, you can. He has prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies. You can turn your back on the devil and feast at the table of God. Amen. Feast at his table. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. Amen. Give those men a hand. Praise God. To set your mind 
is speaking of a deliberate and intentional action on your part. Could I simplify that? It's something you do on purpose. It's something you do on purpose. Now what I'm going to show you tonight is mindsets don't live in the brain, they live in the heart. But they begin in the brain. Anybody here ever, ever wished you could get what was in your head into your heart? Anybody ever heard that expression? If I could just get what's in my head and my heart? Jesus told us how to do that. You do it by setting your mind, by setting your thoughts, by making the things of the Spirit a priority in your life. And what did he say? Where your treasure is, whatever you give place to, whatever, whatever you give priority to in your life, there your heart will be also. The Lord gave me a really cool thing to say, so let me find it. If you treasure, give priority place to the things of God long enough, you will become passionate about them even if you started with little to no interest. That's a true statement right there. That's a true statement right there. If you've ever heard Bryce Hankins' story, you know when he came to the founder, he wasn't having any of it. <laughs> Am I right about that, Bryce? <laughs> he wasn't having any of it, right? They got a little too close to the creek bank, right? And next thing you know, he went from, I'm going to say little to no interest, to now being a man after, how many years now, Bryce? November 13th will be 10 years. Give, him, give the Lord a hand clap. He went from little to no interest to a man who is so passionate about the things of God he can hardly mention them without crying. Amen. Different mindset, see. A different mindset. Singers, musicians, would you please come? Are you getting anything out of this this morning? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now here's the thing. I can do everything that I can to encourage you. You can do everything you can to encourage me. We, we can share scriptures with one another. We can encourage one another when we're down. We can, we can share good things with one another. But as important as all that is, here's the bottom line. Are you ready? I cannot set your mind on the things of the Spirit for you, and you cannot set my mind on the things of the Spirit for me. Can't be done. It's something that we have to do for our individual selves. We have to do it. So, Pastor Mark, I just got so many other things. I just so many other. Listen, again, that's the enemy's strategy, right? The enemy knows this. That's why he's trying to get any trick he can use, any trap he can use, any deception he can use to get you to set your mind on the things of the flesh. Because if he knows, he knows if he doesn't. It's going to set, it's going to be like kicking a domino over, right? Set your mind on things of the flesh, follow after the flesh, you follow after the flesh, you fulfill the lust of the flesh. But that's not us anymore, amen? That's not us anymore, praise God. All right, will those who are serving communion please come, amen? I know we've gone a little long this morning. Thank you for your, for your patience, amen. 
You know, we can go sit in a movie for two hours and not think twice about it. Amen. I'm, I'm not opposed to movies, but it's, you know, amen. This is more important than any movie ever produced. Y'all agree? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, brothers. Amen. Thank you, Brother Darrell. Praise God. Praise God. All right. They're going to um, prepare to serve you. Um, I tell you what, I need to, as, as they're getting ready to serve you, I need to pray for you. Father, thank you this morning. For the men and women in this room, for those, Father, joining us online, I thank you, Father, that you're revealing eternal truth to us, Father, through a simple illustration. Lord, representing the way you created us, representing, Father, what's really going on inside of us. Lord, there's not a person in this room that hasn't experienced part of them wanting to do one thing and another part of them pulling in a different direction. Father, every time that happens, Father, they're experiencing what we illustrated this morning. Thanks be to God who always gives us the victory in Christ Jesus. And Father, that you're teaching us to set our minds on the things of the Spirit. And Lord, we're doing that even if we don't have a whole lot of passion and a whole lot of emotional attachment to that, Father. We're doing it deliberately, intentionally, diligently, Father. Because you said, Jesus, whatever we make a priority in our lives, our hearts will follow and be connected to that thing. And so, Father, I thank you that even the one that's here this morning that is pulling away from you, Father, they can become passionate. They can become passionate about the things that you have for them and for their lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're going to begin to serve the communion this morning. If you're served first, if you would, please hold your emblems till everyone's been served and we'll partake together. And then also, praise God, if you're a guest with us, um, we're the body of Christ, amen. So this is not about being a part of Heritage or being a member here at Heritage. If you're a born-again believer, you're one of us and we're, we're one of you. And so um, we welcome you to please partake communion together uh, with us. Amen.